Welcome to the Market Sell Win podcast. We are fortunate to have with us today, Chris Alfervik, whose career spanning over 30 years has been focused on sales, marketing, and public relations, primarily in the real estate and construction industries. His sales experience stems back to his grade school days, where he worked in his family's retail floral business. For the last 20 years, he has been a director of business development, leading the generation of new business and client relationship management for the national real estate practice at RSM, the nation's leading provider of audit tax and consulting services focused on the middle market. In our four-part interview, Chris will talk about his career journey, and I think you'll really enjoy hearing his sales perspective and the process that he follows around account planning, proposals, and negotiating the deal. In this segment, we'll focus on Chris's career path, the skills that he's found to be important, and the impact that mentors have had in shaping his career. So welcome to the show, Chris. Hey, Julie. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. So um, what we're trying to do with our show is really um, help people to understand that there isn't a direct route for our careers, that experiences build on each other, people and situations influence us, and the path kind of reveals itself as you march along in life. Um, And I would say that what I found particularly interesting as I've spoken to other guests is the impact that their childhood has had in shaping their careers. And and I know that's going to be the case for you as well. Um, So tell us, can you kind of walk us through the path that your career has taken and the steps um, you have walked along to get where you are? Sure, sure. And and interestingly enough, uh, you bring up a good point that I really think uh, for all of us, regardless of, of what age we are or where we're at in our career, it, it literally is a body of work, um, and, you know, stemming from your childhood through, through college and, and career steps. And um, you, were, you were kind enough to mention uh, working uh, in our family retail business. I, I literally was working behind the counter um, probably you know, early in grade school and helping customers and ringing things up and just understanding how to work with people and, and take orders and get orders from the coolers and things like that. And that really uh, started me down a path and uh, you kind of throw in some other things like uh, being a caddy in that mix and um, parking cars uh, uh, in our uh, family yard, which was next to a golf course, Uh, just learning at a very young age, how to approach people, work with them and understand what was happening. It had really been um, quite a large part of my development. Um, from there, and, and it landed me a, a job working construction in high school, where um, at the age of 16, I, I became an assistant superintendent in a, re, in a residential construction site. And what was challenging about that was I had approached people my father's age and my grandfather's age and asked them to do things or redo things that uh, perhaps a, a uh, resident didn't care for, what have you. And it, it just uh, really me you have to be careful or or watch how you approach things and, and the nuances behind them which um, kind of morphed then you know uh, Julie saying with your your thought about you know life or how it all encompasses um, to um, really led to to college and and I decided that I really enjoyed communications um, and I was a communications major um, but through that I, I did a couple of internships uh, with uh, two very different entities just for exposure um, and, and to see where, where I might find myself 
working. And I, I did my first internship with a, a large public relations firm. And um, that was a very different, uh, uh, just large accounts, large entities, things like that. And then I had also um, worked for a small branch office of, uh, of a large uh, national insurance entity. And uh, uh, very different, very hands-on, very different approach there. But I, I think at, at the end of the day, if I, I step back and, and look at all this, um, I would say I, I've always been very fortunate to really be engaged in what I have done and have some level of passion for it. And I would encourage anybody um, uh, at any point in their career to to make sure they're, they're having fun and can enjoy what they're doing. And if they could do that, um, uh, you know, you, you've often heard people say, oh, you know, if you're having fun and you never work a day in your life. And I think there's a lot of merit to it. And while you're doing that, um, I've been very fortunate um, in the real estate and construction industry to serve wealthy clients. And it, it's kind of neat to have cool clients because you get to go to cool places and do cool things. And, and that's kept the job fun and interesting over the years. Yeah, I would, I would imagine it would, but I think you're right about the passion piece. I mean, we need to, we need to earn a living. Um, but it sure is more interesting if you can wake up every morning looking forward to what you're going to do that day, or just generally speaking, liking what you're doing. So, uh, yeah, totally get it. The fun piece can't be underestimated. (laughs) No, it can't, especially in these times. (laughs) So true. So, um, so continue on with your story. Well, it, it's just, it, it's, um, I guess if you really, if I really step back, I never in a million years would I have thought I'd be working in a corporate environment uh, in, in a public accounting firm that I'm working for now um, as a guy that barely got through accounting. And, <laughs> and what, I, what I learned with that, and, and it, it certainly was a, a different animal 20 some years ago, was uh, I, I was never technical. I was never wired for math. I was never wired to be technical. But what I did understand that those that were wired that way weren't necessarily communicators or strong communicators. Many of them weren't. Um, they weren't writers. They weren't comfortable working the phones, those sorts of things. So I found it to be a good, um, I hate to use this, such a trite example, but a, a very good yin and yang relationship. And um, I, uh, again, here I am 20 some years later with what has been a, a, a very, um, um, how do I want to say it here? Just a, a very solid career, both personally, professionally, financially. And I, again, I never would have thought that when I struggled with accounting classes that I would do that, but it, it just shows people how much diversity is out there in the work world and how you could work or wind up in such odd places. Um, if you position yourself well, or just, you know, work hard to get there. No, great, great insights. So, so now that you've been doing sales for, for many years now, but tell us a little bit about what does a typical day look like? It's, um, it's certainly changed over the years. And and I think that, and, and I don't mean that from, that's more of a, quite frankly, an age thing. And, and, and what I mean by that is when I started in sales and you start in any new sales job, um, you've got to find your way. And, and literally when I started with, with my current firm, 
um, I was making 50 to 70 phone calls a day, um, smiling and dialing, as we say, trying to build my book of business and, and figure out the, the right markets and the, the right people in the right places. And, and here I am now, 20 years later, I promise you, I don't make 70 phone calls a day. And I'm glad that I don't. Um, but um, it, it, it really, you, you grow with it like anything else in life. You, you understand your client base, you grow with it, you build relationships that lead to referral relationships and you're farming all the way along, you're farming clients and prospects. And, and that's, that's been a pleasure because undoubtedly, and without being self-serving, I am a people person and I love to nurture and build things. So that's been part of the, the, the enjoyment of the career. But, um, that, you know, that's, um, you know, very, very high, high level in terms of, you know, from where, you know, where it was, you know, 30 some years ago to where it is today. But I do have, have some things that I've been doing every day for the last X number of years. And, and what I would offer is um, I really try to do, I, I try to start the day easy. And what I mean by that is, um, you know, might be reading, um, you know, what's coming across the wires via the internet and, and all of the other social media platforms or, you know, the, the reading the newspaper or the trade rags. And, and then um, even if I knew I had to make a bunch of calls uh, when I was making high volume calls, I would literally, I, I might call my wife as my first call or a friend and just talk about what I anticipated doing for the day, essentially getting warmed up, um, stretching, so to speak, like an athlete might, um, but, but just kind of getting in a flow. Um, and I would never uh, jump right into the hardest call of the day as, a, as the first call if I didn't have to. So, you know, I start things easy and, and I even share that when working on proposals. Um, I, I never start with a cover letter. I, I start with something really easy to get in the flow and the rhythm of the work. So I might look at the resumes and who's my team and what do they bring and what kind of thoughts do those bring? So I, I would just say that that has been a constant where I look just to kind of get in a, a groove and a flow to, to make the day happen and, and let things snowball in a good way. Sometimes a little crazier than others, no doubt. But that's—I think—that's probably a good, uh, a good summation of a day. Yeah, no, that's great, and I, I like the concept of warming up. You know, sometimes I know personally if I'm working on, you know, five things, I might say, "Oh, let me tackle the hardest one first. But if you're calling folks, you know, let yourself kind of groove into it and make it easy. I, I, I can totally get the logic of that. So, well, that was helpful um, and interesting, honestly, because I think probably there's some folks out there that may not be taking that approach. So, and mm -hmm. it sounds like you have a bit of a routine. You kind of chunk out your day to the extent that you can. So there's a little bit of structure. Am I reading into that or is that a fair statement? No, that, that, that is a fair statement. Um, and, and, you know, it's certainly different, you know, just based on in, in different parts of your career where you have more control or less control over your time. But, um, you know, and I, I also find that, you know, just for me personally, uh, and I, I, I tend to work longer days by choice, but uh, I, I don't, there's always a point in the afternoon where I go, or in the evening, <laughs> I'll, I'll do this far better and far faster tomorrow morning than I will, you know, struggling through it tonight. So you, you do, you do pick and choose those battles, uh, so to speak, but Structure is key. Um, uh, William uh, or Stephen Covey, pardon me, um, uh, they had a great saying, which was um, uh, plan your work 
and work your plan. And I still rely on that on a regular basis. And I'm not saying you have to have everything mapped out or structured out, but you've got to have some definitive ideas of what you want to get done and, and really try to focus uh, on another uh, analogy they often use of moving rocks, not pebbles, to, to have some have some uh, moxie to your day, for, for lack of a better expression. Yeah, no, no, good good tips for sure. And so true on the um, knowing when to call it, because I think mm-hmm. so many of us, and I, I did this probably when I was younger in my career, I would just keep plowing through and I'm like, no, I'm going to get this done. I'm going to get it done. But nine times out of 10, I either made a mistake, it wasn't my best work. And if I had just said, okay, that's enough, let's come back tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I would have had a much more impactful, whatever I was working on. So Awesome. Um, That's a, a good point, Julie. And, and, and to that end, um, I often would would get you know maybe ten or twenty emails ready to go in the evening, and I was just dying to hit that send button to have it done. And I thought, no, wait on it. And sure enough, you go back the next morning, and you know you might have embarrassed yourself with a typo or an error or, or something. So fresh eyes are always a good thing. Totally agree. I, I even had a boss say to me, Julie, I know you're working hard, but don't send emails after 10 at night. Because <laughs> you know, there's, there's usually something that's, you know, something's wrong. And I'm like, yeah, that is an excellent point. So I have tried to pass that along to, to others as well. Um, so, all right, tell me, as you have gone throughout your career, have you ever felt out of your comfort zone when you moved into a new role or, um, you know, new responsibilities within a role. And I think my point here is just, my guess is yes. And, you know, and that's normal, but how did you work through it? Mm -hmm. Well, uh, yet another good question. And it's good to be out of your comfort zone to a degree. Um, You know, I've always, and and most all of us always look to learn and improve on, on oneself. Um, but you, you need to know your boundaries and, um, you used the term earlier about plowing through things. Sometimes it's good to to force yourself to learn new things and plow through it and learn it and come through the other side and be excited about it. But yet if, if something, especially in a technical world, uh, for example, in accounting or or what have you, if you don't have that skill set, and I think your, your key point here would be Julie is to go find the right SME, find that subject matter expert and get the help and make sure things are done right. And whether it's uh, for your own sake or a client's sake or that sort of thing. So um, I think the key thing is, is knowing your boundaries. It's uh, again, good to know where you're comfortable and not comfortable and when you need help or when you just need to put your head down and plow through it. Uh, So a lot of variables uh, to that question, but uh, agreed and um, nothing, nothing replaces hard work or knowing, um, I, I used to say in the PR uh, days, uh, you're never more than two phone calls away. Mm-hmm. If I didn't have an answer, you were a second phone call or I, I know somebody that did. And, and I still rely on that to this day. So let me ask you this, what skills, and I think we'll focus more on the soft skills that have you found to be, uh, the most important in your career? Hmm. From a, a sales or business development perspective, I, I, I think when I step back and, and look at my day-to-day world, and you know, this varies with clients and prospects and the, the size of entities you're approaching, but um, it, it's a little bit of everything. And, and, and you're right, it's, it's not for me in a, a technical sense, it is soft. And 
Um, I will often feel like sometimes you have to be a detective. You've got to dig into the facts, understand things. Um, a bit of a historian. Um, I was a history minor in school. Not that that got me anywhere, but I love the story and loved understanding it. I always felt you really need to understand where you've been before you can know where to go. And, and that has helped uh, being a bit of a historian. Depending on your client, uh, sometimes you have to be a, a psychologist, uh, an empathetic listener and a friend. Um, I had the pleasure to work with uh, an entity where uh, I just listened to this person for several hours, just pour out all the issues they had and, and we were able to find a lot of good common ground by just listening and understanding why they were thinking and why things were happening the way they were. Um, sometimes, perhaps on a larger engagement, um, you have to almost be a lawyer. Now, while I'm not a lawyer and don't want to be one, but you have to be able to read contract law or understand where concerns are or where things go uh, could go awry. And um, also really big on logistics. And, and I don't mean that uh, of just getting to a client's doorstep. I mean it in, in all-encompassing behind the client and or the engagement. And what, the, what I really mean by logistics is taking the thinking out of it, the little things, so the, the client or prospect doesn't have to ask for something or think twice about something because I feel that's just an example of how it is to work with us in our firm. So I really go to great lengths to think through everything step-by-step step to make things simple and, and ultimately make it a win-win for, for everyone. And then the, the big thing, if you tie all these things together, it's really about understanding the people and the, the entities you're trying to serve. Um, I, I really, and this has really come more so over my career than, than on the front side, but I forever... Uh, I shouldn't say forever, but now <laughs> I take a big step back in everything I'm doing, trying to understand the people, trying to understand what their agendas are, whether it's political or personal, um, and and try to, uh, again, take the thinking out of it so you've got just that, that win-win environment. Yeah, no, I mean, particularly on the sales side, it is about relationships. Um, and so that listening and empathy are and making it easy for them. I mean, all of them, all of those give them a taste of what it would be like to work with you and really the organization. Cause like you said, I mean, you're on the front end of the process. Um, and so the impact or the impression that you make on them is really important. So, um, mm -hmm. Yeah, interesting, interesting skills. And some of these, you know, thinking back to just your, um, your growing up, it, all of that experience that you had then kind of molded you into who you are today, which is a people person. So <laughs> um, I, I can see how those skills have had an impact and um, how important they are for others in, in sales really to, to understand. Because as we've, we've probably mm -hmm. both run into salespeople that didn't have those skills um, and the ones that have, you know, the stronger communication and the listening and all that tend to have uh, a different career path. Let's put it that way. It, it, it agreed. And, you know, it, it really, uh, as I said earlier, it's knowing where to find help as well. I, mean, I feel that I'm a, a strong writer. Am I the best writer? No. Am I the best on absolute grammar dictation? I'm pretty darn good, but 
um, knowing that there's, you know, that you can find a specialist to help you refine things. Right. And, and you don't have to do everything well because you'll, you'll go nuts trying to do everything well. But if you know where to find the right resources and, and, and if maybe you're not a good listener for whatever reason, then, then, you know, have somebody team up with you that, that could be better than you. And, and, and don't be afraid to ask for help if there's a certain area where you need it. Totally agree. Totally agree. So let me ask one last question for you. And that is what roles have mentors played in your career? Interesting. Um, had a, a number of them and, um, you know, kind of four quick points and I'll just go through them a little bit rapid fire in, in a family business. It's, it's how you treat the customer and it's also your bottom line. So you've got to, you've got to, uh, take care of the customer. The business will take care of itself, but, uh, you're also watching business and, and that was always good. And that has always been a, a theme because, you have to be responsible for your client. You have to be responsible for your firm and it's got to work. Um, in college, we had a guest speaker, a, a very prominent newscaster who left us with a, a great bit of advice. And, and that was uh, learn as much as you can about everything you can. Now you have to be careful. You've got to find that balance, but you know, I always felt I, I went and did my day job really well, but when I had extra time, I would jump into other areas within the firm to make myself more valuable and, and get more engaged. So that was always a great piece of advice. Um, and I, I had a, another uh, boss who uh, told me, if you ever have to make a tough phone call, get off your, get off your, get off your ass and make that phone call standing up. Um, and that, that I learned that at a very young age, it was my first job out of school. And I actually found myself giving that advice to my daughter who had to make an equally difficult phone call. And, and she said, dad, that, that really helped. And, and here that was generational advice. And I, I still, uh, I still stand up for those tough calls today. And, and lastly, my, my last uh, or most recent uh, boss who, who was wonderful mentoring, uh, we all worked very hard, but he always made sure that we all kept an eye on family balance. And not that I hadn't throughout my career, but I would just encourage everyone to, to keep in mind, and to your point about sending emails at ten o'clock, there's there's got to be a balance, and, and and keep family or friends or partners, whatever it is, keep that keep that in mind, and try to be balanced uh, as you go forward. Excellent! Wow, great, great insights. Um, and I mean, that's really the point of this show too, is like sharing sharing those little tidbits of advice that we've gotten throughout our careers, because. Um, you know, hopefully uh, those words of wisdom that you've just shared can now benefit somebody else. So thank you. And thank you for, uh, thank you for being with us today. It was great to hear. Um, and I have, I enjoyed hearing your, your story and your path. 